The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Latter-day Lives podcast. My name is Sean Rapier. I am your host and a very Merry Christmas to you. Yes, this is being released on Christmas Day. By now, you've opened up presents and they're, depending on your circumstances, are either kids running around or you've got a moment of quiet with a new Kindle or a new iPad or a new something or you're planning a trip or whatever you're doing on this beautiful Christmas time. Well, Merry Christmas to you. This is episode 23 and I am so excited for this episode. Bree Ray is our guest and this is the final of our episodes for Light the World. I want to thank uh, my friend John Dye over at Bonneville Communications. He connected me with all these wonderful artists that you've gotten to hear who all participated in Light the World. And uh, Brie Ray will be telling you about her efforts with Light the World. Now, Brie Ray, if you don't know her, she kind of came to fame uh, through American Idol. She was a contestant on air on, on American Idol. But if you ever get a chance to meet her in person, wow. Brie Ray of Sunshine. Terrible pun, but that's what she is, a ray of sunshine. She is just a beautiful, wonderful, amazing woman. At only the age of 20, her confidence and yet her humility and the spirit that she brings is just incredible, not to mention she is a knock-your-socks-off singer. We in our family have just fallen in love with her. She is incredible, and you're going to love her too. That's coming up. And this week in my Latter-day Life, I'm going to talk a little bit about Star Wars, Christmas, and hope, and how they are all connected. So again, from all of us here at Latter-day Lives, a very Merry Christmas to you. Sit back, relax, maybe even drink some eggnog, and here is this week's conversation. Today, it is my privilege to have a singing star, <laughs> a true singing star here in my presence. Uh, here in the Latter-day Live studio today, we have got singing, I'm going to say sensation. Oh, I like the word sensation. That's nice. Brie Ray is here with me. Brie, welcome. So Thank glad you're here. You. Thank you. And Merry Christmas. You too. This is coming out on Christmas Day. It's our first ever Christmas Day episode. So glad to get to spend it with you. And a lot of people will be listening on Hopefully new iPads, new phones, new toys, new speakers, whatever it is, and uh, they get to hear your story. So it's awesome. Before we get into your life, are you a fan of Christmas? Am I? Yes. Yeah. My favorite holiday. I love it. I love the spirit of it. I love every part of it. I love Christmas. I love it. I love it too. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Well, let's learn a little bit uh, more about Brie. First of all, tell us where you're from. Where were you born and where'd you grow up? Sure. I was born in Orem. I mean, well, I was born in American Fork. Yeah. Raised in Orem. Lived in Asia for one year. So um, you're, for, first of all, you're a local Utah girl. We I have am. We have listeners actually all around the world. Really? So American Fork is only about 10 minutes from here, mm-hmm. right here in Utah County, not far from Provo. But then you lived in Orem. Orem. Which is right by us. Right. Yeah. Right you're down a local girl. That's <laughs> yep. awesome. But then you can't just slip in, hey, I lived in Asia for a year. Where did you live? <laughs> I lived in Singapore with my family when I was in about fourth grade. Really? Mm-hmm. What did you think of Singapore? I loved it. I would yeah. go back in a heartbeat. Yeah. I love Singapore. It's one of my favorite places. Mm-hmm. Did you get to eat chili crab while you were yes. there? Yes. 
is chili yes. crab. It's one of those things that I don't know why chili crab has not made its way here. No idea. But I can't find it. Other mm-hmm. When I go to New York, there's a great little Singapore restaurant that makes chili crab exactly like Singapore. Oh, but Looks like I'll have to take a trip to New York. <laughs> yeah. It's one of, and for our listeners who don't know, Singapore, what a lot of people don't know, uh, first of all, uh, third in the world, I think, in millionaires. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very wealthy place. Very wealthy. But the cleanest place on the yep. planet. I mean, it is spotless everywhere you go. Yep. Yeah. So good memories of Singapore. Lovely memories. I yeah. absolutely loved it. That's awesome. How many kids are there in your family? Ooh, counting me six. Six kids. You grew up in a nice six. big family. Where do you fall in all that? Third oldest. Oh, really? So you're up there. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah. How, how old is your youngest sibling now? She's 15. 15. Cool. And for our listeners, since they're not looking at you right now, since I think it's still a compliment to ask your age, how old are you? I'm 20. 20 years old. Gosh, amazing. You know, at 20 years old, I barely knew how to operate a washing machine. <laughs> and I look at all that you've done at age 20. It's amazing. Well, it's... my mom made us learn how to do laundry when you were 12. <laughs> okay. So in see? our house, when you turn 12, that's when it becomes your job to do your own laundry. Oh, so. that's fantastic. Tell us a little bit about your family and, and your life growing up. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I came from um, a biracial family. Mom's white, dad's black. Very so that cool. was something you don't see too much in Utah. So um, grew we, up we see it a lot because my niece is, uh, my sister is obviously white and, and yeah. her dad is uh, black. So. Oh, very cool. So here in our home, we see it quite a bit. Oh, but, good. but out on the street. <laughs> yes. Maybe <laughs> out in so Orem, not as much. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. So that was really fun. Um, I have an older brother. He actually joined our family when he was a sophomore in high school, a refugee from Africa. Wow, mm-hmm. that is phenomenal. Yes, so he's been kind of a brother ever since. And then yeah. my older sister, she's my blood sister, love her to death. And then I have a younger sister, and we're her legal guardians. And she joined our family when she was nine. Wonderful. And then a younger brother, blood brother, and a younger sister who's adopted. Awesome. Your family is actually a lot like mine. By the way, for our listeners, this is... So the second time Bree and I have met, we mm-hmm. met at a, an event that bon, Boncom put together, mm-hmm. but we've never really talked, uh, so Bree doesn't know this, but I have seven children, five adopted, wow. and we've adopted a 13-year-old, a 9-year-old, a 14-year-old, so very, cool. very similar within your family. Definitely. So it's a blessing. It's a, what would you say to people who are thinking about adopting? Because we get asked this question a lot, yeah. like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I could ever do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. What would your advice be for people who are thinking about adopting? Do it. Um, right? My three siblings that joined my family later on in life are probably some of the biggest blessings that I've ever had. And my sister, Justice, is one of my best friends in the whole world. And we talk every day because she just moved down to Dixie. <laughs> I cried. <laughs> but... um they are, they bring such light to the home. And there's something about adoption and having different, it's almost, it's a different gene pool. It is. And so yeah. having those differences in the home when they're still your family yeah. is super fun. And I really, really love it. Yeah, we love it too. It, it's really funny. I took my oldest daughter to Disney World last weekend. I have a 27 year old daughter and I put up a picture of us on Facebook and mm-hmm. someone who doesn't know me that well said, oh my gosh, you guys look so alike. <laughs> and I get that with my younger sister all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I think part of it, I think we start to inherit. 
I think there are family mm-hmm. mannerisms. Characteristics, yeah. Yeah, there are mm-hmm. certain phrases that families use or faces that you make. Expressions, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love that your family is like that. That's very cool. So you said that your mom is white mm-hmm. and your dad is black. Yes. That is such a neat experience to, to grow up like that. Yeah. How did that uh, affect you growing up? Was, did you... like? Like you mentioned, yeah. especially in Utah, there are not a ton of biracial families. Mm-hmm. Um, although out of 23 episodes, you're the second guest who's biracial. Perfect. <laughs> Stephen Jones was on uh, a few weeks ago. But um, how did that affect you growing up? I mean, was that yeah. something you noticed or was that something that was just so normal to you? Yeah, no, I definitely um, started to notice it when I hit junior high. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of when... I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't look like everyone else. Oh, my gosh, is that okay? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm kind of stressing out about everything. Um, and really went through some self-esteem issues, some confidence issues, mm. just all, which I guess you hit at that I, age yeah, anyway, regardless. Hits, sure. Um, but there's probably an added measure. There there was. Yeah. And it was, it was hard. I remember waking up and being like, okay in my head, all these people who I look up to, all these beautiful, strong women that are my role models in life are all white with blonde hair, blue Mm. eyes. Like, And I was like, okay, here's 14-year-old me looking in the mirror at this curvy, frizz-headed, dark-skinned girl. Uh. And I was like, okay, so how do I get to where I'm supposed to be without understanding my own beauty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that was a process. That was a journey that I had to personally overcome and figure out. So. Sure, sure. So do you feel as though you've gotten to that, I hope? Yes, yes, I yeah. definitely have. It always is a, a process and a journey still. Like there's always moments where I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I just have to remember, no. Yeah. Like everyone is made in their own way to a perf- to perfection. Like yeah. the Lord doesn't make mistakes. And there's a reason you look the way you look for a reason. So right. it's... I See, and I think it would be funny if, you know, our viewers, we're going to invite them to check out uh, your YouTube page and all the projects mm-hmm. and all things you work on. You're such a beautiful girl. Like, <laughs> that it's amazing to imagine that you had a time that you looked in the mirror and, and didn't see it. But I think that, I think we all go through it. Right. But I think that that adds an extra layer, especially, you know, I, I travel for my job. I spend a lot of time throughout the country in a lot of places that are a lot more diverse. And I right. think Utah is becoming more diverse. It definitely is. As I've yeah. grown up, it's gotten a lot more diverse. Yeah. I so see a right. lot more color here and there yeah. Than, yeah. than I used to. It's it's wonderful that, that that's starting to change a little bit. But I think it is it is tough for everybody. But at some age, you had to realize that you had an incredible gift in singing. I did. Because you are a phenomenal singer i mean <laughs> thank you so I've, i always tell our guests i spend a lot of time doing homework and i've been through all of your youtube videos and and some of your other videos and and it's amazing when did you realize you could sing sure so when i was eight um i wrote my first song on the you piano. wrote a song on the piano when you were eight i did That's it amazing. was called believe i wrote it for my dad my dad is all about believing in yourself building your own future building your own life making your dreams come true that kind of thing so i wrote a song called believe awesome um and i actually performed it at his business conference later that month and um that was kind of my first show and you got up and performed at age eight Yes, but don't be deceived. I was in my dad's arms the whole time, (laughs) near tears. Um, I was actually really, really shy growing up. And so that was 
very out of the comfort zone. Really? Incredibly shy. So shy that if I sat next to someone in church, I didn't know, I would cry. You would cry if you sat next to someone in church. Mm -hmm. You didn't know. Yes. (laughs) And now it's YouTube and world. Here I am. Yeah. When did that transition happen? So when I was 12, we had just gotten back from Singapore as a family. And when we were in Singapore, we had the opportunity to go to Cambodia and visit a school Mm. over there. Awesome. And... I fell in love with the kids at that school. And so when we got back to our house in Singapore, it was about my birthday and we were getting ready to go back to the States. And so my mom was like, you can't get presents because we can't move them back to the U.S. Oh, yeah. So instead, I asked all my friends to bring money and we donated it to the school in Cambodia and paid for four kids to go to school. Um, And so when we were back in the States and I was about 12, it came time to renew their school payment. And I was like, I don't want to give up my presents again. <laughs> so I had to come up with a plan B. Of course. Um, who wants to give up presents? Right. And so we ended up recording a CD. It was my first CD. It was a, some original songs. We called it Looking for Light. Um, and I, my, mom was, my mom told me I had to go to the mall and sell these CDs. And I was terrified because I'm at this point I'm still super shy. Wow! <laughs> so my sister really? and I took you could just to the go mall. to the mall. I oh, know your we mom took, sounds awesome. She is. We took to the mall, and I'd walk up to people and say, "Can I sing you a song for a dollar?" Oh my god! And gosh. they'd look at me, and I'm already almost crying. <laughs> and they'd be like, "Sure." <laughs> so I'd sing them a song. They'd hand me a dollar, and then I'd say, "Okay." Would you like to buy a CD for seven dollars? Wow, cool. <laughs> so, yep. And so we ended up raising enough money to send those kids back to school, and it helped me get over being shy because I had to talk to people. I think the real reason it helped me is because it wasn't for me. Right. It had nothing to do with me. The passion behind it was to help these kids go to school. Yeah. And so I had to get out of my comfort zone to make that sure. happen. Sure. Oh, that makes sense. How rewarding, and how cool of your mom to have the foresight. Mm-hmm. to put you outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you didn't love it at the time. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. So uh, you start singing, you, you do an album. I mean, this all started very, very young for you. Yes. Where did where did that take you? It's kind of taken me all over. Um, just started writing some more, doing music videos, figuring out what I wanted to sound like, who I wanted to be as an artist, that kind of thing. Yeah. And um I ended up applying for the Young Arts Program, which I had no idea what it was at the time. And most people in Utah don't. I, I don't so, know the Young Arts Program. Okay. Anyone who has children who love any kind of art, acting, drawing, painting, singing, cooking, mm. just any kind of creative art, you need to know about the Young Arts Foundation. So what it is, is it's they take the top kids in the nation for their regional and national programs. I went to the national program and they emerge you in a week of training and experience and lessons and all this stuff with professionals in the industry. And you get to meet all the other kids that are top in the nation in their own Mm. craft. So it's a, it's a lot of networking. It's a lot of learning. It's just an all around great experience. So when I was a junior or a senior, I went to I got accepted to the Young Arts Program. So I went for a week, and that was kind of eye-opening for me 
to be in a room with people who were just as talented, if not more. Yeah. And there were definitely times where I was like, why am I here? I am not good enough to be here. <laughs> Probably pretty intimidating. Yes, it was. But it was such a good experience. And then that led to a performance at the New World Center in Miami, which is an incredible experience. So oh fun. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And the Young Arts Program also led to me being accepted as a presidential scholar in the arts. And I'm actually the first ever singer-songwriter presidential scholar in the arts to this day. No way. Congratulations. Yes, How you. cool is that? Thank you. Boy, that's got to be... It's got to be a big deal. It I was mean, fun. I would walk around. I would find a way to tell every person I ever met that. <laughs> I'd go, by the way, as a... Um, it's really but, fun. Yeah, yeah. But that's a really good program. And I got to perform at the Kennedy Center and meet a bunch of people, work with Debbie Allen, Wally Minko, a bunch of really incredible people in the industry and uh, and I, their connections that have lasted to this day. So. so I'm already in awe that you got to meet Debbie Allen. <laughs> Like Debbie Allen, for me growing up, you know, watching fame. And Mm -hmm. I mean, Debbie Allen, it's Debbie Allen. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, what a neat experience. So this was for you as a singer and songwriter? Mm -hmm. Was it just performing? It was all three. Yeah. So I got accepted into the Young Arts program as a singer-songwriter. So I was in that discipline. There were seven other people in that discipline. And the whole week total, including all the disciplines, all the arts, there was probably 250 kids. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Incredible. So uh, sometime in here, and I'm not sure exactly when it was, you make a big, big leap onto the national stage mm-hmm. through a little tiny show that people may have heard of called American yes, Idol. Yes, I did. How did, well, first of all, when did American Idol happen? American Idol was 2015, I believe. 2015, yeah. yes. Was that, that wasn't the last season of American Idol, it was, was it? Oh, was that so the last the, it season? It was Fox's farewell season, and then they oh. sold to ABC. And American Idol is now coming back on ABC. I didn't know that. Now you do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if I could sing at all and I wasn't 45 years old, I'd audition. (laughs) But considering I can't sing and I'm 45, I will leave that alone. So where did you audition for American Idol? I actually, my initial audition for the producers was over Skype. (laughs) So they emailed me and asked me to audition. And I was like, okay, but I'm not coming to LA. How did they find out about you? Was it through this other program? No, they actually found out about me through a booking agent here in Utah. And so she sent in a bunch of people's names, which is why mm. that season actually has a bunch of us from the Utah scene on the show, that which was really, so really great. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very fun. So I, by the way, they never on the show, they don't show you that that's a possibility. It seems like everybody lines up. Did you still have to line up and go through... I didn't. So that's called the cattle call line. And that's the first initial audition. But since they contacted me, I got to skip that. So it was kind of like a little cheat sheet. (laughs) Got to walk in as a little bit of a diva. Um, Excuse me. Nothing wrong with a little diva action. We like it sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Did they hold an audition here in Salt Lake that year? They didn't. They didn't. Mm -hmm. So that's why the audition was over Skype. But you had all these Utah people there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. So So you get in there. So you audition over Skype. Did you, when you were done with your Skype audition, did you think, nailed it, I got this? Or were you you unsure? Yeah, so American Idol was never kind of like, oh my gosh, this is make it or break it. If I don't win, I'm going nowhere in my career. Oh, of course not. You had so much going on. Right, and so... um, after my audition over Skype with the producers, I was kind of like, okay, cool. Like, we'll see what happens. Like, that's exciting, but uh, no one yeah. really knows. Yeah. Um, so when I got accepted, it was really fun. And I 
kind of prayed about it and I was like, okay, should I go? Is this something I should do? Because the audition for the judges was in Denver. So it was kind of a road trip. Mm. Um, but answer was yes. And we went and who went with you? It was pretty much my whole family. And then one of my really good friends, Zoe. So awesome road trip. What was it like? First of all, how long did you have to wait there before getting in front of the judges? It was a long day. I think our call time was at about eight in the morning. And then I didn't actually get into the judges until after lunch, but I had to stay in the box. So when you're going into the judges, they put you in a box. And if you watch the show, you'll see it's where the contestants are in this tight box and the camera's on them. And they're like, ah, yeah. I'm so nervous. Oh, yeah. I had to stay in the box through lunch. What? Because <laughs> they put me in the box and then they're like, oh, we're going to break for lunch. But I was in the box. <laughs> so I had to wait. You don't put Brie Ray in a box. Come on, people. <laughs> so it was a long day. And then I went in right after lunch. The judges were still like finishing up, sitting down. So it was, it was a weird situation. But oh, that's so it, ended funny. Up, it ended up going well. Still got a golden ticket. So. And tell, tell us who the judges were. It was Jennifer Lopez, Keith Urban, and Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. A little bit intimidating. Kind of. I was actually way less nervous than I thought I'd yeah. be. I think what helped was that I was right after lunch. And so oh, I was yeah. seeing them like finish up being actual human beings. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was like, oh. If you're wiping ketchup off your exactly. face, you're less intimidating. <laughs> well, so I actually sat across from Harry Connick Jr. on a flight once. Oh, really? Yeah. For But boy, he kept that cap down low and he wanted nobody to know. Yeah. Yep. I was like, your secret is safe with me, Harry. It'll right. be okay. So did you, so you, you sang, what, what did you sing for your audition? I sang Be a Man by Megan Hilty. Mm, so great. And uh, you got your golden ticket. The feedback was awesome. I did. It like was. they were raving about you. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of an insider look where, what's the process like after that you get your golden ticket. Where does, where does it go? What does that mean? Sure. So right after you get your golden ticket, it's kind of like very hush-hush, don't say anything, because the show hasn't aired yet. So you weren't allowed to... T did you no. have to sign something saying, I will not? You sign your life not? away. <laughs> wow. You sign your life away saying, I will not say a word. Oh, my I gosh. <laughs> yes. So Was that hard or what? Because a lot of people must have known you were going. I didn't tell anyone. You didn't tell anyone. Mm -mm. Gosh, I would have told everyone I ever, I would have been stopping strangers yep. in the street going, by the way, I am going right, to audition right. for American Idol. Yeah. Well, that probably made it easier though than to, to keep the secret. Right. Were you worried about your like family, like your siblings telling My someone? younger siblings. I was like, if you guys if, say a word, I'm going to jail. So you better stop. <laughs> like, you just, I wish our <laughs> listeners could see you just made the best older sister face. <laughs> I, I grew up with an older brother, and that face is terrifying. Mm -hmm. I know that face. Yeah, so they kept well quiet. Played. <laughs> so everybody kept quiet. Mm -hmm. And then how long was it before the episode aired? It was a few months. It was two to three months. That would have killed me. It was a long time. That's a long time. It's a long time. See, and you watch the show, and it makes it all seem like, and here's Brie Ray, and Golden Ticket, and, and now next you're week in you're on, and, and then you're, yeah, right. But it's it seems... months in between until they start airing oh, live shows. So. That is really great. So you get the Golden Ticket, which means that you are through, mm -hmm. and and then Hollywood comes about. But first of all, watching your own episode, what was that like? Did you have a watching party or anything? We did. We did. Yeah. We had a bunch of friends at the house. It was really fun. I, I don't... You're technically not supposed to take your golden ticket, but I definitely stole mine. <laughs> so I have mine. Yes. And when we did the watch party, I got it out and I was like, ah! <laughs> so we all took a picture. It was fun. It was that fun. is amazing. Yeah. It's got to be exciting. When you were watching that season, were you sizing up competition? Um, No. 
No? I had already met them all. Yeah. So, because we even do Hollywood Week before they air any of the auditions. You had, Oh, so you had already been through the whole thing. Right. See, I didn't know mm-hmm. any of this. So yep. let's talk about Hollywood Week. You get out to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And how, so how long were you there before you started? What is it? Is it groups first? So first it's lines of 10. So they put 10 of you out on the stage. That's right. They call your name, you walk forward, you sing your song, you step back and they get through the whole line. And then they say, okay, Brie, Jen, Madeline, whoever step forward. And then they either say frontline, you're going home or backline, you're going home. Mm. So they do lines of 10. So from your line of 10, how many people got to stay? I think three. Oh my gosh. I think it was me, Lindsay, and Jen. Yeah. And us three all ended up in the same group for group rounds. Oh, that's so (laughs) We kind of bonded in lines of 10 and then stuck together. (laughs) Wow. That was your group. And by Mm -hmm. the way, your group was super fun, but we'll get to that in a second. It was so fun. So when you step forward, when they said you three step forward, did you think, okay, we're the ones going forward? I mean, you have to think that, right? So I actually really messed up on mine. Well, vocally, I did fine. But as far I was playing the piano, I was accompanying myself. Mm. And I missed so many notes. But for some reason, I was able to keep my voice on point <laughs> And like my voice was hitting the right notes. That's a big Thank risk goodness. playing the piano. It is. Yeah. Um, and so my confidence on if I was going through or not came from who I was standing with in the front line. <laughs> oh, you saw who else stepped forward. Right. And you said, they're and not so, sending these right. girls home. So he said, Bree stepped forward and I stepped forward and I was like, crap, crap, crap. And then he's like, Jen, Lindsay, and said all the other people to step forward. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> they're good. I'm so in I'm with good. these girls. <laughs> right. this is, we got this. We got <laughs> they're this. kind of my confidence. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So then after you make it through the round of 10, um, then is... Is that is the next round groups? Sorry, I don't yes. know. I can't remember yes. the exact order rounds. of it all. Yeah. So it's into group rounds. Did you get to choose your own group, or you did do. they did they group you? You do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this is this to me, uh, and I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who's watched like you know every season or whatever. Groups is the one thing that I've always tried to watch. It's fun because there is always the mega meltdown group. Mm-hmm. There's always a group where yep. they're crying and they're in the bathroom and mom can't get them out. And then there's the one prima donna diva who I'm too good for my group. And, yep. But your group was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like you guys seemed like we yes. a group. We had a brilliant combination of personalities. Yeah. Tell us about the other three girls. So we, in my group, there was Jen Blossel, Lindsay Frey, and Sarah Strom. Mm. And... I just, we're all still friends. I where love are they, them Where do they all death. live? Sarah was over, she was in the South. I can't remember. Yeah. But I know she's going to school now, so I'm not sure where she's at. Mm. Lindsay's still in California and Jen's here. And Jen's here. So. Yeah. And you and Jen have done some other things now. We have. Yeah, we very have. cool. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so this is just so exciting. I feel like I'm living through the American Idol experience. <laughs> so then you guys, do you really stay up like... Did you stay up pretty much all night practicing? <laughs> so my group, we kept it very simple. Yeah. We we really felt like things didn't need to be as elaborate. Mm-hmm. I think people really get caught up in they the drama. Because they do. They show all the dramatic groups and they show mm-hmm. all the drama. But my group was very dramaless. We just wanted yeah. to have fun. Yeah. And none of us felt like it was make it or break it for our careers. That's awesome. And so we were really able to divide up parts and do everything where we would all shine equally and radiantly and um that was that was really nice and we had a good time it was super fun we finished up early went to bed while everyone else was still yeah. practicing and then we woke up early did a quick rehearsal got together did our makeup together for before and then that's we went. so great <laughs> it seems like a lot of the groups 
where they fall apart is that they try to figure out choreography. Yes. They try to, okay, and then I'll step back and you right. step. And then they're so focused on other things. Right. That they don't sing well. Right. And they don't know their words. And we just kept it so simple. Yeah. Little step touch, some snaps. That was it. <laughs> so how many people are in the group round? Um, do, you, do you know so about how many people there were? At the beginning of Hollywood week, there were two, 198 people. Wow. My year. Um, and then after by the, the end of, of 10, lines of 10, there were half of them were gone. Whoa. So lines of 10 was really intimidating yeah. because they told you before, they said, just so you know, this is when we cut half of you. Mm. So it went from 200 to 100 really yeah. quick. <laughs> and, and that's just amazing. I mean, you're there in literally, they're saying you are in the top 100 singers mm -hmm. that we can possibly find after scouring the entire nation. Mm -hmm. That is just awesome. So then what's the next step after after the groups? After group rounds, I'm pretty sure it goes to solo rounds. Yeah. Yes, that was the next round. Yeah. Solo and rounds. so you did the solo round. I did do solo rounds. Yeah. What did you sing in your solo round? Honestly? You don't remember? Shoot. I should have made a note. <laughs> no, you're good. I shouldn't have asked I'm you the question. I'm pretty sure. Falling to pieces. That I'm falling mm. to pieces. Oh, what a great song. Mm -hmm. And then after the single round, do they tell you you're in or out? Or then so that's, that's the when later. They put you, my year, they put us in three separate rooms. And they mm. had like the yes rooms and the no yeah. rooms and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually when I ended up getting cut, which I made it to top 75, I believe, which Incredible. is awesome. That's top that is... 1%. So oh, it's an, it's they amazing. had 75,000 people audition. Okay, let me just say, being on the show at all, at any point, unless unless you're on the show as one of those, you're not. Right, you. right. I always feel bad for those people. Right. They, you know, they go on, they they want to do well, and you just feel that those are the most uncomfortable things. But other than those people, you're in the top of the top of the top. I mean, mm -hmm. just to be there. Now, when you were in that room, you said when you stepped forward, you saw the other girls. You knew that you were going forward. Right. When you got to the room. Oh, as soon as, so we were all sitting in a big room and they were calling names. They go, you're going to room one, you're going to room two. And as soon as they, they were calling all the names and then they called my name and I had been listening. I was like, oh, we're the no room. <laughs> you knew it. I just knew. You I was like, knew. we're the no room because the people who I knew were probably going to be in yeah. the top 24 were all in different rooms. Mm. And I also knew I hadn't done my best on the solo round. Yeah. And so I personally was like, this is where I'm supposed to go home. This is your time. Right. And I didn't have a problem with it. I you, wasn't stressed about you it. You have handled, I mean, the way you've talked about all this and handled it, it's so mature. I mean, you have a, you have a maturity that, that, again, props to your parents for just raising a great daughter, but you have this great maturity about it. But I'm sure it was still hard. It was hard. You know, you don't want to walk mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. Did, now you were very young. Were your parents with you in Hollywood? They came for the last round. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gosh, they must have been so beaming, crazy proud. Oh, yes, yes. That's just awesome. So what, I mean, when you look back, uh, are you happy you did American Idol? Yeah, it was a good experience. I learned a lot um, about who I am as an artist, who I want to be, what I want to stand for, what lines I'm willing to cross, which are none, and yeah. <laughs> which ones. Um, and so I just... American Idol really forced me to know how to stand up for myself and yeah. what I believe in and Good who I want to be as an artist. Because there were a lot of things where I was like, no, I won't say that. I won't do that. I won't be that. No. Awesome. 
Um, so yeah, it's That's, the TV show world's a different world. It is. Oh, no question. It is. And I think that's really neat. Who are you? Who are your main musical influences? Sure, I love this question. Um, I really, really look up to Tori Kelly. Mm, yeah, the way she writes, the way she performs, kind Beautiful. of just who she is as yeah. a person. Very melodic. Yes. Beautiful. Absolutely voice. incredible. She's amazing. I love Sam Smith. Mm, who does? I love Adele. Yeah. I love, 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 love them. So. I think those are my main three, other than like Alicia Keys, Wendy yeah. Houston, you know. Yeah. So that's <laughs> what kids. I was going to say is after looking at you, your sort of body of work, your originals and your your covers, you have a very classic soul voice. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, you've got like, you could do, you could like decimate Motown. Like you, <laughs> you've got this wonderful soul voice. That, Thank you. That I... I was really surprised. One of the things that I appreciate about your music is that I kept getting surprised by the covers that you would do because like, for example, um, you did an Amici cover, which was fantastic, Mm -hmm. but then you did, uh, um, gosh, what is it? Don't know why I feel this way. You just did it. Oh, Nora Jones. Yeah. Nora Jones. You, You kind of hit this spectrum that you keep surprising people, mm-hmm. you know, and I, mm-hmm. I just think that's fantastic. I just so. don't like boxes. <laughs> no, I can tell. And I love that about you. And I love that because a lot of people say, okay, I do soul or I do hip hop or I do, you know, rock right. or I do, mm-hmm. and they paint themselves into a corner. Right. But I'm, what impresses me is your voice really has that range to adapt and to kind of bring, you have a Brie Ray quality to all the songs you do. Like I was able to kind of, I listened to them all in a short time, so I was able to kind of put them all together. So yeah. it's cool. So what made you start doing YouTube videos? Honestly, just for fun. Yeah. Because I wanted to sing and I was like, well, why not put them on YouTube? Yeah. Tell <laughs> so, me tell me about the song Never There. Never There. Um, I wrote Never There after a bad breakup. <laughs> Call me Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it kind of came from a really a really hurt place when I wrote the song and I wouldn't sing it for anyone and I kind of kept it hidden for a while. Until... It's a very personal song. Like, it is. You really open up in that song. It is. And most of the songs that I write are that way. And yeah. so a lot of them stay under the table kind of hidden until I'm emotionally ready to share them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, can, I can see that. I can totally see that. And then you, one of your videos that I just love, you performed in the Mormon Channel studio. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? Uh, they just reached out to me. I'm pretty sure over Facebook. Yeah. And they just reached out, asked me to come in, and I said, sure. Sing cool my favorite setup. hymn and an original. So I want to talk about the original because of everything. So I listened to uh, um, Holding, mm-hmm. which is an original song of yours. I listened to it about six times. Okay. I love that song. What Thank is Holding you. all about? So Holding, I actually wrote when I was headed to the Kennedy Center for a presidential mm. scholar program. And they asked me to write a song that went along with the theme of their show, which was kind of about standing up for what you believe in and just feeling safe and holding on to life and the beauty of life and that kind of thing. So um, I wrote the song and it was really inspired by some things that I had gone through pretty recently with my dad having a stroke and oh, no. just a bunch of family things that had gone on and 
I just really wanted to focus on the beauty of life and mm. that, yes, sometimes things happen that break your heart and sometimes people leave and things change, but that's not a reason to give up and it's not a reason yeah. to stop holding on to the beautiful life that God has given you. And so that's kind of the message and the purpose behind the song and that's where I wrote it from. Um, and it's personally one of my favorites too. It's so. it's my favorite. I will just put it out there. Of, every, oh, of everything I listen to, I found myself listening to it again and again. Well, One of the things you. I've noticed in your music, maybe I'm wrong, but I see, like if I had never met you, knew nothing about you, I would listen to your music and I would say, this is a person of faith, but not a faith singer. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. There is definitely, there are so many gospel messages in the music that you sing, but it's not gospel music at all. Mm-hmm. It's very current, very popular mm-hmm. music. But so, so... How much of that, does that just come naturally or do you purposely put gospel messages in there? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my happiest moments have come because of gospel principles, right? Sure. And so as I, and I'm a very emotional writer. And Mm. so as I write, it just naturally comes out. And as I go through hard things in life, always the turnaround comes from a gospel principle or something in the scriptures Mm. or a talk or something like that. And so it automatically comes out in the writing as Mm. I write. Um, But I always have wanted to be a universal artist. And I wanted to be able to touch all lives without turning them off because they're like, oh, well, I don't believe in God. Yeah. Because regardless of if they believe in God or not, they can still keep holding on, you know? And so I always wanted the messages to hit home and be able to hit home with people without telling them, but you have to believe in God to be okay, you know? Um, and so that's kind of been why that is the way it I is. I love it. I, I just think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful the way that you work that through. And I think that it can appeal to a whole lot of people. It's funny that who comes to mind in this, because sad the way it all ended up, but that was kind of what Whitney Houston always talked mm-hmm. about. Whitney Houston always talked about how there was God in everything that she did. Everything. And if you're listening for it, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. And But that it was still just universal, just music. Mm-hmm. So. So um, let's talk a little bit about Light the World. Sure. You are the, I think, fifth Light the World guest. We've been very fortunate. But today is Christmas. This is, this is the Christmas episode. So our, our listeners uh, know very well what Light the World is. We've talked about it. But you did a video, uh, Come and See. How did that come together? Sure. So when Bonneville Communications reached out and asked me to participate in light the world this year i was pumped and instantly the idea that came to mind was the we are the world we are the children yeah when the earthquake in haiti happened and all these incredible artists came together and they did this whole collaborative video and it turned out into this big emotional thing and i listened to it every sunday with my family as we clean the kitchen Mm, um so that was the inspiration behind it and i with my um, Hanai dad, my Polynesian family that I've low-key been adopted into, <laughs> um, we kind of sat down. I said, this is my idea. This is what I want to make happen. And he helped me reach out to Junior Miley, who mm. brought in Junior Fano, who is actually the songwriter of Come and See. Oh, wow. And then I just reached out to all the other artists, and they were all on board, and it became this beautiful project. And I'm so blessed and grateful to have had them in on it because it would not have been the same without them. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I mean, it is, uh, it's a who's who of like singers, like the, the level of talent that you got mm-hmm. all together and it's so inspiring. And it's funny because 
I am part of that Bonneville Communications Group, so I kind of get to see everything right. right when it goes up. Sure. But I will say for the next week, Facebook was just flooded with this video. <laughs> I mean, every blog picked it up. And were you pleased with the response that it got? I was thrilled. We had our little group message going and everyone was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, did you see this one? Did you see this one? And we were all really, really excited. Yeah. And what was exciting too was there were some non-LDS blogs that said which, here's a wonderfully inspiring message yes, for christmas which was the goal which i think is exciting i have to wonder because uh i saw specifically a couple of what i would would coin maybe born again christian type sites saying oh this will move your soul there was a part of me that was tempted to write they're mormons right <laughs> you're right. listening to mormons right <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have surprised them a little bit. A little bit. But gosh, what a beautiful video. Um, and then how did the video itself come together? So Junior Miley's wife, um, Mona, mm. is an incredible project director. And yeah. so when we got Junior, thank goodness, we got Mona as well. Awesome. <laughs> um, and so Tufer. her and I sat down and we really brainstormed what we wanted to look like, who we wanted to film it, and just that kind of thing. And we ended up getting Cameron Gade to film it, who is an incredible videographer. He's an mm, artist. It was, it's incredible. And he just did a brilliant job. And we wanted to pull in as many people as possible yeah. with the signs. And we got some great athletes. And mm -hmm. Yeah, just, it's a star-studded thing. and it's, It is. It was a fun project. Uh, if people want to see your YouTube videos, what's, I mean, they go to YouTube. What should they search for? Just Bree Ray? I, it's Bree Ray, Ray TV mm -hmm. is Ray the TV. name of your channel. Yes. But if they search for Brie Ray, and it's B-R-I. Now, is is Brie your name? Is Brie short for something? Brie is short for Brianna. Brianna. It yeah. Is, yes. I like that. Brie. But B-R-I-R-A-Y, keeping it keeping it nice and simple. Yep. So so what's next for Brie Ray? Where, where, where does it all go from here? Right. So right now I'm just writing my butt off. <laughs> I am just writing like crazy. Yeah. Um, and really hopping in the studio, doing some demos and working on getting some songs released. Holding might be one of those. Oh, so I hope keep so. an ear out. We're hoping um, for it. So yeah, that's kind of the projects right now working. I'll probably be appearing at a few festivals coming up on this awesome. new year and things like that. So do you ever find conflict? I mean, you mentioned it about TV, but outside of television, do you find sometimes that your values run into conflicts with your artistry? Sure. So the industry I'm in, <laughs> mm -hmm. the industry I have chosen yeah. is so saturated mm -hmm. with be this, do this, wear this, say this. Yeah. And I am very... I'm very much a fan of the word no. <laughs> know that, know this. Um when it's appropriate, of course. Yeah, sure. But I really, I really, really believe, and Monica Moore-Smith, she yes. is a brilliant example of this, and I yeah. look up to her a lot. She's one of my dearest friends, um, of just really holding true to your standards always. You bet. And there is room for everyone at the top. Yes. And you make your own spot. Yeah. There's not a box at the top that says you can only be here if you wear little little pieces of clothing that you can only be here if you will drink and party with us you can only be here if this is this that's not true no you make your own space and if that. you walk into the room and you own that space people will respect you because of who you are and because of what you do yeah i love that i you know there are so many examples of amazing artists athletes whatever who have stayed true to themselves mm -hmm. and have just said 
forget it all. This is my number one focus. And what a great example you are and Monica Moore Smith and so Mm -hmm. many others that uh, we had Kelsey Edwards on last week. It was just so fun or two weeks ago, but you guys are all just these great, great examples. And I just, just love it. It's fantastic. Thank you. So we're going to wrap things up. This has been such a fascinating discussion. I just love getting to meet you. And I think our listeners are just going to love you. Uh, two things. We've got one surprise for our listeners at the end. But before we get to that, uh, every week, I and I don't prep people in advance for this, but I ask all of our guests, as simply or as complicated as you want to make it, what does being a member of the church mean to you? Mm. It's a big and small question. It is. We've it had three-word answers. And we've had several minutes. Whatever, whatever you want to say. Being a member of the church. Or what do you love about being a member of the church? I think my favorite part of the gospel and the church is love. Yeah. And being a member, I'm going to cry, being a member of the church um, means regardless of where you come from, regardless of what you look like, Regardless of your family situation, of anything that's in your past, you have a future. And it's a future that is so full of love and an undying love um, from our Savior. And there is nothing like that in the world that you can find anywhere else than through His atonement and through this gospel. I I don't know that we could have scripted a better message for Christmas (laughs) for people. I mean, Merry Christmas to our listeners. That was beautiful. Thank you so much, and thank you for taking the time. And now we're going to do something very, very special, uh, being <laughs> that it's Christmas. And by the way, like the spirit just became overwhelming in this room, and I just love it. This is why I love I love what I do. I love this podcast because of people like you. Well, thank you. Who will get on and will just testify to a, a whole audience, and that was incredible. That actually gave me goosebumps. So... But as a special Christmas treat, and hopefully, see, this is why you should listen to this on the, always on the day it comes out, <laughs> because it's Christmas Day. Uh, Bree has agreed to sing a little bit of uh, music for us. So, Bree, take it away. <clears throat> Stars were gleaming, shepherds dreaming, and the night was dark and chill Angel's story rang with glory Shepherds heard it on the hill All that singing, hear it ringing Earthward winging, Christmas bringing, hearken we can hear it still, hearken we can hear it still. So Brie, I was going to say you have a gift, but I will change that and I will say you are a gift. You are a just a wonderful soul and such a beautiful example of members of the church. And thank you. I thank you for being here. And most of all, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Oh, 
wonderful, sincere thank you to Brie Ray. So incredible for her to come down and record that with us. And is she not just amazing? And please go check out her videos and her music. Just an incredibly talented and beautiful soul is Brie. Um, this week in my Latter-day life, um, it was really interesting. We had our family parties. It was a crazy week, as a matter of fact. You know, my wife does a, a family party, and then we do a family Christmas party. And so we all got together on Wednesday night. And uh, in the past, we used to do sort of more traditional parties. You know, we have our family traditions, as everybody does. And we would get together and hang out for the night. And then things changed. And I've talked about this uh, on the show before, but uh, about, uh, well, this was our third Christmas without him. So in, in July, three years ago, or two and a half years ago, my brother Todd passed away unexpectedly in his sleep at the age of 45. We had no idea, and it was devastating to us. It was just before 4th of July. Now, as you can imagine, as Christmas approaches and everyone thinks of family, we've all been through a, a first Christmas, or most of us have been through a first Christmas without a parent or a grandparent or a cousin or an uncle. And and it's always hard. It's hard for everybody. And uh, here it was, first Christmas without my brother, how were we going to have a family party with his kids there and, uh, you know, with all of us? And it, it, we talked about, should we just not get together for a Christmas party? And we weren't sure what to do. Well, the first of the big Star Wars films came out a couple of Christmases ago. And uh, I decided to invite everybody and said, what if instead of a party, what if we get together and we just go watch Star Wars? Can we make it through Star Wars together? And of course, we, you know, everyone got excited about it. And so we got together just a little bit early, quick little bit of food. All of us were teary eyed, just seeing each other. It was just so much. And Christmas without my brother, who my brother was such a big personality, being there without him, so difficult. And we went and saw the movie. And you know what? We all enjoyed it. And we were able to not think about things too much. And none of us are, except for my brother-in-law, Paul, who I love, none of us are huge Star Wars fans. Um, but it was really neat. Now, the following year, which was last year, I reached out to everybody and said, hey, there's another new Star Wars film. Rogue One is coming out as my Christmas present to the whole family from me and my wife, Vanessa. Would you all like to go see Star Wars again? And surprisingly, everybody said, hey, that was really fun. So this time we met a little bit earlier. You know what? We thought about my brother just as much, but as time heals wounds, it wasn't teary. It was just fun. We got together and had some food, did some of the traditions, and then we headed out and we went and saw Star Wars. This year I said, is it a tradition yet? And sure enough, everybody said yes. And on Wednesday night, we got together and it was nothing but joy. Of course, we all thought about my brother. Of course, we all thought about grandparents we've lost and so many others that we love, that we wish were with us at Christmas, but we know that they're celebrating on the other side. And we went and saw Star Wars again. And over the last three years, that sadness has transitioned into joy of knowing where my brother is and getting to spend time with his children and celebrating Christmas. And I think about how interesting it is. Something we did to deal with grief just became joy. But that really is Christmas, isn't it? Isn't Christmas about taking all the difficult things that we go through 
and turning them over to the Savior. All the darkness of the world, all the difficult things, all the things that we think we cannot take anymore. And then suddenly a child is born. And that is Christmas. Christmas is hope. It is letting go of the world. It is saying whatever's going on and wars and rumors of wars and pain and all the difficult things, a child is born and he is the Prince of Peace. And eventually Christmas is symbolic of that one little bit of time where all we think about is the Savior. And he is born and I testify of him. I am so grateful for Christmas. And I'm so grateful that someday I get to be back together with my brother and with my grandparents and with so many others who I love so much. And it's all thanks to him who was born, whose birth we celebrate on this day. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for tuning into this show this week and every week. You all strengthen me every week when I see the numbers. I'm just so grateful for all of you. And that's all we've got for this week. Next week will be New Year's Day. We'll have a New Year's Day episode with a very special guest, kind of a year in review show. And uh, he is fantastic. I'm really excited about it. So uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, of course, I can be reached by email, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at latterdaylives.com. Of course, our website, you can stream directly from it on latterdaylives.com. Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, we're on all of those, of course. Just search for Latterday Lives and you will, you will find us there. And of course, as always, we just ask that if you enjoy the show, if you could share it with someone who would enjoy it. Boy, that's, that means more to us than anything else. So that's going to about wrap it up. Again, thank you so much for listening. And especially on this beautiful Christmas day, please remember, there is a great big beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.